0: This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hello everyone, my name is Tim Howard, Technical Services Consultant in the BT Technical Services team. Back with you for today's podcast, covering off some of the key concepts around limited recourse borrowing arrangements or LRBAs, fire a client's self-managed super fund or SMSF for short. As part of helping advisors with all areas of advice strategy, we receive various questions around SMSFs and at times these will involve various types of investments clients may be considering and key considerations where clients are looking to acquire assets through their fund. One of the unique opportunities for SMSF centres around the ability to borrow to acquire assets or investments within the fund. Equally important to note up front is these borrowing rules come with a number of restrictions. That is, borrowing within your SMSF is not the same as, say, borrowing in your own name to purchase an investment asset. So to start, why might clients borrow in their SMSF? You've probably heard examples like this before, but gearing in super may allow small business owners to use their superannuation to acquire business real property, which they otherwise may not be able to effectively do outside of super to support the expansion of their business or to secure a business premises. Now, advantages here can be twofold. Holding a premise outside of the business, i.e. within superannuation, may provide a degree of asset protection and security of tenure, alongside rental returns and capital growth, boosting the member's retirement savings. Now, the taxation benefits may also extend to the return on the asset as rather than holding assets outside of super and pay up to 47% tax on the income, holding it within superannuation will come with the benefit of concessional superannuation tax rates between 15% while in accumulation phase and nil when the asset is supporting a retirement phase interest. Now, borrowing increases your investment exposure in a way that therefore increases the return opportunities. Indirectly, this may be a way, along with considering the key risks of borrowing, of increasing the amount invested within the fund without having to consider such things as contributions caps. While members can provide their SMSF with a related party loan, that is lending the member of their SMSF, to their SMSF rather, than borrowing from a bank, this strategy does come with a number of additional considerations. Now, any amount lent would be repayable and not subject to the usual preservation and contributions for lease requirements, unlike a contribution might be. There may also be some flexibility for a later party to call on this loan and basically get their money back, subject to the SMSF being in a position to actually repay that loan. Now, the main Requirements, The main legislative requirements to consider can be found in the Superannuation Industry Supervision Act, or the CIS Act for short, namely across sections 67, 67A and 67B. These sections firstly specifically prohibit an SMSF from borrowing money or maintaining an existing borrowing, unless the borrowing meets a couple of fairly specific and uncommon exemptions, such as to pay a beneficiary or to cover a settlement of securities transactions. Even then, these exemptions come with limited timing and limited percentage exposure of the fund's underlying assets and additional restrictions. After its introduction, Section 67A provided an exemption to the general prohibition against borrowing, allowing for an additional exemption for limited recourse borrowing arrangements, or LRBAs. In short, an LRBA is an arrangement where an SMSF borrows money to acquire a single acquirable asset held on trust on behalf of the SMSF until the borrowing is repaid. The lender, whether that be a related party or an unrelated party such as a bank, has limited recourse over the security for the loan, limited to only the security property and no other assets within the fund in the event of loan default. For completeness, Section 67B provides an exemption for replacement assets under arrangements in certain circumstances. Now, while the legislation by its nature is generally black and white, the provision of additional guidance, in this case from the HEO, is always helpful when looking to gain a better understanding of the application of the law. Issued in draft form way back in 2011 and then finalised in 2012, the ATO-issued Self-Managed Superfund Ruling, SMSFR 2012-1, titled Self-Managed Superfunds, Limited Recourse Borrowing Arrangements, Application of Key Concepts. The public to this day, continues to provide the Commissioner's view about the way in which the provisions of the SIS Act, plus regulations supporting the Act, apply to SMSFs. Such things as the meaning of a single acquirable asset, to where the borrowings can be applied, to where you can and cannot maintain, repair, or improve a single acquirable asset are all covered in this ruling. The various worst examples are also invaluable in understanding the application of the law in a practical sense. Outside of what may commonly be referred to as the standard LRBA structure has evolved from a strategic perspective, alternative structures to hold assets and invest within the borrowing rules of the CIS Act have since developed Now, within this space, you could include related party lending, as discussed earlier, which has over time received its own regulatory guidance. This is centred around an acceptable loan term, payment interest rate, and principal and interest requirements to avoid the arrangement, as it is a related party arrangement, being treated under the non-arms length income rules. Secondly, investing via a related or controlled unit trust, when you can do this, and what are additional restrictions. While there can be some merit in using this type of structure due to the benefits of, in short, there being a regulatory exemption from the in-house asset rules, care needs to be taken when structuring and running running and arranging it this way from the upfront and an ongoing perspective. Finally, there are ways an SMSF could invest via an unrelated unit trust. As the name suggests, the trust is unrelated and therefore not controlled by the fund or fund members by its very nature Careful consideration should be given to the SMSF strategy with such an investment, particularly where borrowings involved. Which, as the mantra goes, can magnify gains as well as losses. Now, while the various technical aspects, key considerations, and actual examples of where entering into an LRB and that entering into an LRBa might make sense are difficult to fully explain in the time we have today, next week's BT Academy webinar will be on just this topic. BC Academy webinar 89 will focus on the key concepts of self-managed super funds and limited recourse borrowing arrangements, including the details we have discussed today, along with polls, questions, Q&A, and a number of worked examples to help you understand the key issues when it comes to SMSF borrowing. hope this is giving you at least some insight into SMSF borrowing today. Also, don't forget you can watch all previous BC Academy episodes plus register for the upcoming live sessions by heading to bt.com.au forward slash professional and following the links to the BT Academy webinar series. All sessions take place live on a Wednesday at midday Australian Eastern Daylight Time. And in the meantime, if you had any technical questions, you can contact the BT Technical Services team on one 655 901 or by email at technical at btfinancialgroup.com. Thanks for your time today. I look forward to joining everyone again soon. BT Tech knows, and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory and industry news. This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs.